Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. September and October are kind of a sweet spot. Now, you folks in the Midwest, you know this. Fall is for planting. Autumn is for planting. And now through about Halloween is just the perfect time for planting a new fruit tree, a shade tree, an evergreen. We just got in a whole whole new batch of conifers, that is, pine needle type of, of trees. And so this is the time you plant them for success. And so you'll find that they root out longer, stronger, better. And so for the mountains of Arizona, June is the most difficult season to grow things. It's hot, it's dry, it's brand new foliage. And every month you can back up and plant before the month of June is ideal because you're getting those roots. The the more root mass you can get underneath that plant before the heat of of summer comes here. Now it's, it's, it's hot, but it's not that hot in the mountains. It's not like Phoenix or Palm Springs or Tucson. I mean, who's going to live there? It's just too stinking. Who lives that close to the sun? It's ridiculous. You come up to God's country. It's beautiful. But even in Flagstaff, 89 degrees. We know who you are. The White Mountains, 90 degrees. I think we're going to heat advisory. It's 90 degrees out Uh, here in in, in the central central, uh, highlands area of, of Sedona and Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Prescott Valley, all the way up to Paulden, Prescott, and Kingman. We're all sort of, uh, yes, it can get up to 100, but then it cools down really nicely at night. And so you get these big temperature swings. So it's hot, but it's not crazy hot. What gets you is the dryness. It's not the heat. It's the aridness, the, the 10% humidity. That's what's hard on things with the prevailing southwest wind. And so the more months you can back up from June, the hottest, driest, windiest kind of month, not truly windy, but there's this prevailing wind breeze that just always blows and dries plants out. It's not that big a deal, but you got to be more exact on your there's there's less fudge factor you got to be more of a gardener you got to hone it in right in whereas other parts of the country shoot i could throw this microphone on the ground it would start to grow it's that easy you don't really have to be a, a gardener in northern california i mean michigan i mean come on that minnesota it's so easy during the growing season it's just easy here you got to be more exact so more more right on so you're working with the seasons and you got to be you got to prepare that soil better because our soil just is so rough the water so alkaline the, the dryness of the air you just got to be more exact that's why autumn is such a good time to be planting to be planting anything like perennials fall colored perennials ideal bigger shrubs if you're going to do a hedgerow of let's say catoniasters or euonymus or red tip photinias or just you want junipers i never want to see that neighbor again and just block them out this is your peak time your best ideal time because they're going to root out through the end of the year and then by next spring they're going to just take off with new growth but mainly you just want those roots underneath them so that's that's the best that's the number one tip i can give you for just making gardening better easier for you now you're you're into that fall season you don't have as many choices so we've got lots of of fruit trees lots of shade trees lots of evergreens everything's shifting to evergreens we've got a few summer bloomers left we don't quite have the spring bloomers so i don't have any forsythia right now i'll have those usually we start shipping those in february march so right we'll butt them up at the farm so the spring bloomers we want those to be loaded with flower buds and so we'll keep them at the farm and bring them in but i've run out of those now i'm waiting for that crop to to mature to finish off for next year spring of of next year so but for now oh lots of nandinas and euonymus and lots of the broadleaf evergreens lots of uh, those really tough junipers either upright junipers or spreading junipers there's kind of two types 
They both, both do really well here. Upright junipers are sort of like the native juniper trees that you see. Those are great for screening. Nothing eats them. I mean, the deer. I mean, I was just uh, driving home last night. And my goodness, I saw this buck, lone buck, going across Rosser Street in the middle of Prescott, right there in the neighborhood. Just crossing. He'd been munching on something, but they're not going to munch on junipers because they just know that's a nasty-tasting plant. Why would, I, why would I eat on that? I know it made me sick last time. I'm not going to bother with that. Same with the spreading or shrub type of junipers. They can be anywhere from... You know, ground covers, they've got like blue rug juniper. It literally looks like a rug growing, growing across that, that rock lawn that you've got. Uh, they make a cotoneaster. That's the same way. They're usually companion plants or cotton easter is sort of how people spell it. But cotoneaster is a native. It grows wild. There's several varieties that grow wild here. Well, you can plant that as a ground cover. It only gets ankle high, spreads out seven, eight feet wide. Pretty, it's evergreen, pretty white flowers, red berries, and animals don't bother them. Usually ground covers, it's going to be the rabbits or the ground squirrels. Those are going to go after them, uh, but, but not, not so much deer. Deer can go after more of the you know, nose level stuff. They generally eat woody material, and so they're, they're used to eating kind of branches. And so you want plants that kind of taste bad or thorny or they don't like. And there's some that they're just programmed. If, you've, if you're in a deer area or javelina area, let us know. We can help walk you through and go, hey, don't stay away from that one. That'll be a mistake. Go with this one. It's a better choice for you. They're less likely. We never call it animal proof because some animals just, they're too dumb. They just don't, they don't read the list. They eat it anyway. But generally resistive. If there's anything out that they would they would rather eat, they'll eat that first. But if they're truly desperate, so right now we've had less pressure with the with the mammals out in the yard because there's so much that they've they've just there's so much for them to enjoy that they naturally like grasses and that kind of stuff. Tender new growth and the aspens are gonna like those. They're of course gonna love fruit trees. So if you like to eat it, <laughs> so do they. So don't tempt them. You gotta get it up to maturity to to till the bark is thick enough. So usually we're caging them or keeping them out of the area until this tree gets big enough and then it's it's large enough that they can take they can they can take a little munching and, and not be damaged. So down in Skull Valley, I raised my family in Skull Valley. Very small community north of, of Prescott, about 15 miles. It's ranch country. So I still miss it every day. Still very good friends that live down there. We get together every month still. And we've been gone for quite a number of years. Uh, but, but there, deer, elk, bears, lions, everything is down there. Packs. We're talking huge herds of javelina. So you had to know what they would or would not eat and so I've, I've kind of come up with a list of things they do and what will and won't, won't eat personal experience i could let you know uh, but down there we would actually plant a new new fruit tree in the orchard and we would put a field fence these are the five foot fences you lay them down and usually put barbed wire or something up against them we'd put a uh uh, field fence around that we wouldn't actually put barbed wire it's kind of hokey out in the orchard but then on top of that so it's typically four or five feet about chest high and we put field fence around that so you can get it in four or five foot foot fencing but we'd put an insulator they make electric fence these deer they know we're in horse country you use horses you use electric fence to keep cattle and horses from gnawing up the the paddock that they're in so you just put that in there and they know what that they know there's a wire with that yellow insulator. They make one that goes on a field fence. And so we never ran a wire to it. We never powered it up because it's too much of a run to get over there. But we'd put a dummy kind of false insulator on there. And they, would, they wouldn't try to reach in and, and nibble on stuff. Once a tree was up, you know, above had height and had a crown on it, had a head on it. We'd take that fence off and the deer would naturally prune it up to within standing level, which is about six feet. So I could easily walk underneath the trees without ducking because the deer had nibbled it off or trimmed it up that high, which is perfect. The tractor could run underneath it. I could just, it was like the perfect thing, but you got to prepare. Got to be, if you're in that part of the country, you need to work with the environment, work with the mammals that are there, plant things they either don't like or get it mature enough where they won't eat it and damage it. 
too much. Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe your garden should be natural, safe, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. You are tuned into the Mountain Gardener. Uh, your host, Ken Lane, and my lovely, lovely assistant, Lisa Waters Lane. I said lovely. <laughs> so, anyway, Lisa, she comes in with your garden questions. Just what are people talking about in the landscape? What are your neighbors seeing in their yard? And we try to share that. Uh, mm-hmm. We get through this through emails or just things on the floor or just uh, people coming in. This, These are the top questions for this week. Lisa, welcome. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. It is good to be back. So <laughs> don't, don't, you, look, anywhere, don't but... you look forward to this segment every single week? I do. Actually, it's kind of hard to come up with topics every week. It it's is. 10 minutes nonstop. And I do the other, you do two segments. I'm doing four. So yeah. an hour's worth of airtime. It's true. But you have a lot more words rolling around in your head than I do in mine. So. Anyway, what kind of questions we got? What do you sure. what do you got going on? Well, Sherry has a question. She moved into a home with some lovely grasses, uh, Carl Forrester, Pampas grass. And she wants to know, uh, do they have to be cut back, first sure. of all? And if so, what time of year do you do it? So your grasses are in all their glory right now. So pampas grass, uh, coral foresters, bunny grass. There's, there's, we've gotten some huge selections of grasses in. They're all in bloom. They're just stunning. Yeah, they're gorgeous. You let them bloom through the end of the year, usually sometime in January. They're, they're now tan colored. So their green is pretty much gone for most grasses. Sometimes mm-hmm. pampas can hold it a little longer. But you enjoy the structure. So even with just the plumes, and now they're straw colored. They're still really pretty, good texture, mm-hmm. colors, just interesting. And so enjoy those. Sometime in January, the snows come, there's been a rain or two, and they start to lay over, and then they start to lose their mm-hmm. shape. So that's your cue. Eh, you don't look so good anymore. I'm cutting you off. And then you go through and you cut them back. Mm-hmm. Most grasses, you're cutting back pretty much to ankle level. Uh, some, if they're really big, like pampas grass, you might go knee level or so, yeah. but you're cutting back to that curly cue or matted area mm-hmm. that you'll naturally see at the base of that grass, cut it back. And then in March, you're going to fertilize it again and it will start to, to grow back up and it grows and grows and grows. And then sometime in summer, it starts to plume again. And then it just does that through the end of the year. So it's mm-hmm. got a very long, pretty cycle to it. Right. Even with it's, whether it's green or, or brown or straw colored, sometimes they turn red, they turn mm-hmm. different colors. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that. Don't feel like you're rushed, but you prune back grasses after the new year through March or so. Okay. And then you just enjoy them the rest of the year. The main thing with grass is you need to fertilize them because they're very, mm-hmm. if you fertilize them more regularly, you they get better color, they get chubbier, fuller, and the, the plumes on them will be very large and way more of them. If you don't fertilize them uh, at least three times a year, uh, the, the 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 like pampas grass be real thin and wispy. Yeah, they scrawny. just they don't look they look mangy, not right. sexy, voluptuous, pretty. Just <laughs> oh my gosh, look at look at me. Voluptuous. 
Well, some grasses are. <laughs> they, they have that pretty look to them. I don't that know. is true. That is true. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. So Did good idea to cut them back. Some people don't do it, but it really is healthier for them to be cut back. The one that doesn't get cut back would be like bear grass. B-E-A-R, oh, yeah. bear, the native That's one. That's not even really a true. Yeah, it's it's, but it's called a grass. But yeah. Don't cut that one because it's evergreen. Yuccas, those mm -hmm. are not grasses. They right. stay evergreen. Mm -hmm. So don't cut those back. And we're talking true ornamental grasses, not lawn, a pretty grass. It's up, you know, knee high to head high, mm -hmm. somewhere in the yard. Those do better when they're cut back in the winter, early, early spring sometime. Yep. Uh, and, and then if you don't, what happens is like pampas grass. It has brown stems, leaves coming out, and then you get some green ones. You get this mishmashed yeah. green, brown. If you just cut it back, fertilize it, it'll all be green and pretty and just looks better, cleaner, neater. Okay. All right. Next question is from Anne. She's pulling out her summer veggies. Done. Tired of them. Just done. Okay. So she wants to put get the bed ready for fall crops. Yeah. And she wants to know, is it okay to plant rather you know quickly after you pull the summer ones out? Yeah. And what kind of nutrients and what would you add sure. to the soil? Yeah. So that's a great. So we have three main planting seasons here. Early spring. So really, yeah, really three. Early spring. So you're, you're planting all that leafy stuff. We're talking March and April, first part of May. Mm -hmm. It's still frosty, but it's, it's bright days. Those, you're planting spinach and lettuce and kale and cabbage and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, all those, you're harvesting the flower or the foliage. Mm -hmm. Those things like the cold. So you plant them while it's still cold out. Then comes the summer planting season. That's what we're talking about. Cucumbers, yeah. saying you're harvesting the fruit. Mm -hmm. So tomatoes, eggplants, uh, watermelons, pumpkins, things you're harvesting the fruit, not the foliage. Those are all summer plants. Mm -hmm. They don't like the cold. They like the heat. So typically the locals here, at least in the central highlands area of Arizona, we're, we're planting after Mother's Day. because right. that's typically the last frost, typically, not always, but we're, we'll start planting there. Then they're starting to lose production. So you've picked the eggplants off and they just aren't producing like they were. The days are getting shorter. So plant the summer plants love, I mean, 24-7 daylight, if you could give it to them. 100 degrees, that's good. They're okay with all that heat. It's now cooling down, and the nights are cool, and the days are shorter. So they're starting to, some of those big tomatoes, they won't, they yeah. just aren't forming tomatoes like right. they were two months ago. Mm -hmm. So when they stop producing, rip them out of the ground. You're done with them. Why water those things? They don't need it. And then that frees up space for the next season, which is we have a whole nother fall season, kind of like the early spring, the same plants you plant in early, early spring, you can plant starting now and they'll produce right through winter. So kale, we, we pick a, a Swiss chard right through winter, mm -hmm. uh, uh, parsley, uh, spinach, all, all the winter, the things you're harvesting, the leafy things, those go in now. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to have, let's say, lettuce back in the summer, it turns this bitter off color. It doesn't it like the seed. heat. Yeah. It goes to seed. You plant it now, taste it just melts in your mouth. It's mm -hmm. just so you can get to all these exotic varieties. So plant now. How to get the soil ready. Those summer plants are really big plants, and they, they eat a lot of the nutrients. They use it up out of the soil. So you want to reintroduce that. So add some compost maybe even some manure. If it's a raised bed or, or a container, add some more potting soil mm -hmm. and just add some freshness into that soil and then start plugging right away. You can plant right now uh, through really Halloween or so. You got, got quite an open window mm -hmm. here. And we've got crop rotations that the fall crops are here. So all those starts, it's better to go with a start right now than a yeah, seed. I agree. So they root out faster. So mm -hmm. I think you I get more crop. I beat around the bush a couple times, but I think we answered her question. Yes, I think do so. it. Yes. Yeah. And add stuff into your soil or fresh it back up. Fertilize, okay. fertilize, fertilize. Yep. Right. The all-purpose food and the fruit and uh, fruit and veggie food would be excellent. Fruit too. and veggie is probably ideal yeah. for those crops because we've loaded that particular food. We, we make our own foods with a lot of calcium. Mm -hmm. and the calcium is what brings out the flavor, it makes a cauliflower size head bigger, makes brings on more broccoli heads, makes them sweeter, better okay. tasting, and larger. All right. Well, our next question is from Ted. He had a large Arizona cypress that yeah. got taken out by a car. Part oh, of it got no. taken out. Oh, that His hurts. question is, will will that put new branches out or is that always going to be a, a horrible <sighs> reminding scar? <laughs> it's always going to be a horrible reminding. Conifers. So so all your evergreens, the, the, the 
the things with needles typically are called conifers. So uh, mm -hmm. cypress, cedars, junipers, spruce, fir, they're all conifers. Mm -hmm. Conifers do not, typically their new growth comes on the tips, outer edges, and on the inside of the tree, if a major branch is broken off, the bark is so thick that the new leaf buds can't really come through that bark. And so it never really grows on the inside of that tree. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what happened, but if the tree hit it, broke a branch and had a big mangy scar down the trunk, uh, paint it black. I mean, there's nothing you can really do. <laughs> Plant a tree in front of it. It's, it's not going to put new limbs out. Of unfortunately that not. Right. What you can do, what will happen is if you fertilize, you have to give it a really good dose. So that's for the all purpose plant food. Uh, that that's a better it's more acidic mm -hmm. evergreens love that food right. put it on now put it on again let's say next march and what you're going to do is not grow out of that mark but grow make the side branches to grow sideways mm -hmm. filler so it'll fill in from the side branches mm -hmm. it'll finally grow that way because it gets all the sunlight i wouldn't try to grow it out of the out of the trunk but out of the whatever those side branches are. And yeah. Arizona Cypress, they get 25 feet wide. I mean, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're magnificent. Encourage it to get wider and chubbier and it'll all be good. So should he, oh, we're out of time. Never we mind. are out of time. There we go. <laughs> good questions this week, folks. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, will be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden companion plants for September are Russian sage, pampas grass, honeysuckle, and raywood ash. Raywoods are superior shade trees for wind and drought locations. Plant as a single specimen or in a grove for more widespread shade on hot south and western exposures. Dark green foliage forms the perfect round head with leaves that turn a magical wine red through autumn. We sell only the prettiest shade trees at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe you're never too old to set new goals or have new dreams at Waters Garden Center. If new neighbors are encroaching on your privacy, we have just the solution. At Waters, we have an entire section of thick, bold plants dedicated to privacy. Fall is a time to plant a new privacy hedge, and we're here as advisors. Take a quick measurement and snap a picture before you come visit, and you'll quickly be living in privacy once again. Plus, our team of experts know how to plant to increase plant growth next spring. We'll show you how or do all the planting work for you. Waters Garden Center, we know privacy in your backyard. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So as you're shopping for trees and shrubs this fall, what you'll find is that garden centers, we're shipping new material. We've harvested, uh, especially the field-grown type of plants. We're harvesting those, potting them up, and bringing them to the garden center. This is going to be typically your conifers and the really large shade trees. And so sometimes aspens. But we've figured out how to not field grow. We grow those mainly in containers anymore. But what you'll, what you'll find is, how do I describe this? There's field grown, which are ball and burlapped. So we'll dig that out of the field and pull up. We'll take that root ball, wrap it up in burlap and tie it at the top. Then we'll put it in a black grower's bucket, top it off with mulch. And so then we'll bring it to the nursery. And that's called a ball and burlapped type of tree. And you'll actually see this in the buckets. You'll see this, this burlap uh, tied up around the trunk at the, at the top. And then you've got container grown plants. So these are plants that were uh, grown right there in the bucket from birth. So usually we'll start in a four inch, then grow, fill it into a, a one gallon, then a five gallon, then a 15, then it can be seven, 10 or more years before this plant is mature enough in this bucket. And we're shifting that uh, each season so it grows bigger and better. Some plants do not do well in a black grower's bucket. They need to be in the ground in, in more fertile soils uh, so that they fill in and get chubbier. So sometimes they're real skinny. Atlas cedars. So atlas cedars, um, downtown courthouse of Prescott, Arizona, 
There they've got an atlas cedar. That's the statehood tree. That's the, one of the biggest, showiest, kind of Christmas tree-looking trees on the courthouse square. They've got quite a few evergreens down there. Actually, the tallest tree, of, if you want some trivia, uh, on the courthouse square in Prescott is a redwood, of all things. It's the inland coastal redwood. But if you look at it, all you see as you're roaming around the lawns there at the courthouse is just a big old trunk. You really don't see it. But I noticed it tremendously when I served on the Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. Their boardroom is on the second floor of the, of the Chamber of Commerce, downtown Prescott. And when you look out over the, over the tops of the canopies, because now you can see the tops of the trees, all these elm trees, and towering at least another 30, 40 feet above the, the, the elm trees is, is a redwood. But the most famous of them, the one that you really see, is right there on Gurley Street. It is the statehood tree. It's got a plaque. It's beautiful. They, they light it up every year uh, for, for Christmas. It's beautiful. It does really well. Okay, it's a good tree for you. It's proven itself, but it doesn't get very full in a container. So typically at garden centers, you're going to see them be pretty tall, as tall as you and I, but maybe they're two, three feet wide. This thing's going to grow to be 50 feet tall and 20 30, 50 feet wide. They're huge, swooping branches, but they really need to be in the ground before they fill out. Some plants, we've learned how to perfect this growing. So our Deodor cedars, uh, there we grow this in a field. So Deodor cedars, the, probably the fastest growing of all of the conifers. We just had a whole load of them come in. They're nice and bushy and full, but they don't fill out in a container very well. They get tall and skinny. So we put them in the ground, we grow them in the field like corn, so in a, in a big, big open field. We nurture them for several years, and then we'll pull them, we literally rip them out of the ground. We dig them out of the ground, we don't ball and burlap them. What we do with that particular crop, we figured out if we knock all the dirt off, and then we transfer it into an actual grower's bucket as it's already filled out. It's already full. Now we're going to root it out into a grower's bucket. Now we got a nice lightweight, nice full plant that's easy for consumers to gardeners, home gardeners, do-it-yourselfers to take home and, and install. And it, it roots out really fast in that grower's mix. So it's like the magic. It really works. It's like the best way to grow a Deodore cedar crop. And the main thing I wanted here was just you're going to, you see a lot of trees. We're coming into the conifer season. We're harvesting these crops right now. Some are container grown and they're easy to, 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 to work around with. Usually most of your fruit trees, most of your aspen, ash, shade trees, decorative, uh, shorter blooming trees like crab apples and red buds, these are all container grown. Your conifers, things that are more evergreen, Christmas tree looking things with a, with a needle, most of your junipers, your cypress, cedars, firs, uh, Colorado spruce. These are mostly grown in the field like corn. We'll harvest that and then dig that up and then wrap it in burlap and they call that a ball and burlap or B&B &B is what they call it, ball and burlap tree and you'll see this. Typically they're a little heavier uh, because they're, they're grown in more clay type of soils. That's what seems to get them really full and chubby unless we're manipulating that crop some or we're playing with that where we're growing in the field then we're going to bare root it so we pull it out of the ground take all the soil off so it's bare roots we transfer that into a container grown a container pot then we'll root it out for an extra year in that pot so now we've got a nice full pot nice full plant that's fully rooted that you can plant in your backyard anyway technical way deeper than you normally get on most radio shows but here you go you're now an expert on ball and burlap and container ground trees for your backyard as you're shopping for plants at your local nursery be right back the mountain gardener your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season stress melts away with water's finest quality plants curated for a better night's sleep imagine a five-star sleep experience waiting for you every night at home. 
bask in the comfort of these plants as they absorb harmful chemicals and pollen. Purifying bedroom air, creating your own living oxygen tent, as refreshing as a forest rain. A good night's rest starts at Waters Garden Center. Natural, safe, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott, also found on the web at top10houseplants.com. Waters Garden Companion plants for September are pampas grass, honeysuckle, raywood ash, and lacy blue Russian sage. Lacy blue Russian sage is a water's preferred perennial for its compact form that doesn't flop over in the landscape like others. The spiky blue flowers bloom summer through fall with aromatic foliage detestable to all animals. Simply stunning at the edge of dry stream beds mixed with wildflowers. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. This is just her segment to share her garden ideas, what she's seen in the gardens as she's hiking around, walking through the neighborhood or just gardening in her own backyard. She is a gardener extraordinaire, grew up in the family garden center. Yes. So the stories we hear, were you, did you come to Waters in a diaper ever? Did, were you here well, that early? Probably. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not last week. I'm talking like <laughs> the beginning of life. <laughs> Pretty early on because they had the garden center. It was on Miller Valley Road. Yeah, I really? Think when I was, I think it was there. Yeah, started in Miller Valley, and then I think that was only there for a very short time. And then they moved out to Plaza Drive. Plaza Drive across yeah. in the bowling alley. Which I spent a lot of time there climbing over rocks and catching horny toed lizards, oh, yeah. spreading manure. Did everything. Did you, how, what, how soon did you load customers up? Were you in the parking lot with like pickup trucks, hoisting like, Three cubic yard foot uh, uh, topsoils. No, no. Well, we had a um, so we had the pet shop in it too. So as a kid, where you can spend most of your time Pet, petting the puppy pet dogs, shop. and then we had a flower shop. So okay. when I was in high school, I worked in the flower shop. Oh, so that's Prescott High School, right? Flowers, mm-hmm. class of eighty two. You caught oh, my hi. eye in eighty three. <laughs> <laughs> We were college sweethearts, in case you're wondering, tra- tracking the, yeah. the we timelines. Didn't, we didn't go in the same circles in high school. We, yep. had, we had different True. circles. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I didn't really start hefting potting soil and mulch till I started working here again. <laughs> Became the owner of the garden center. <laughs> then all of a sudden, your high school kid didn't show up to do that. Right. So your so job is... You were hefting yeah. the topsoil <laughs> into the truck. So. The life of a small business owner. Right. You do whatever needs to be done. We we do plumbing mm-hmm. if the toilet clogs. <laughs> we do electrical if the breakers start catching well, on fire. Yeah. Whatever whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That is true. I forget where we started with all this. But when did you start at the garden center? You I just kind of grew up in it. I What's your fondest memory? Yeah. I don't know. There's so many. I don't oh. know. There's a lot if you the start thinking about it. Fondest memory for me is when our kids started working here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, they're so young, you can't pay them dollars because it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to them. Yeah. So they, we'd work and they'd weed the front signage or mm-hmm. you know, rearrange, go go looking for things underneath the back, wherever they got them doing for little kids. Keep you know, them busy. A nine-year-old, keep <laughs> busy. It's daycare. Uh, and for their reward, back then we had ponds here at the garden center, mm-hmm. back when water ponds were big. And I'd take them to the fish store. We'd go buy a fish, and then we'd go release it in the pond. And there was mm-hmm. father, kids time. Or when we had big fish, we used to import koi from like Japan, mm-hmm. all kind of fancy, fancy stuff. We'd go catch grasshoppers. Rip their legs off and then feed them to the fish because you want the legs on. They can get caught in their throat and you lose a you know hundred dollar koi. So you rip the legs off, throw them in, watch the you know the carnage of the fish fighting over this insect which they just love. Yeah. So just those are the memories with kids I have. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. You start thinking about it. It's been fun. So it still is fun. I still love coming to work every day with you. I do. Yeah. It's good. Some days. Not so good. Well, it's been hot. Now it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of seasons. 
It'll be cold soon. Yes. <laughs> it is a season. I hope so. I love it when it's cold. You not so much. No. But I love it. I can put my 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 lined, fleece lined car hearts on. <laughs> we should go to garden quest garden advice. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So I was helping some customers the other day who had moved into a house already landscaped, got new people in the area, and their biggest complaint was everything in the yard was one color. It's just green. Uh, so they didn't have anything to spruce up the yard, to draw your eye, get you excited about looking at the yard. So I thought we should talk about shrubs that you can put into your yard right now that will give you color. So flower color or leaf just color leaf or color. just interest. Mainly leaf some, color. We got this monotone blue green that's the chaparral, especially <laughs> right. you know, manzanitas and mm-hmm. junipers and cenothus. You get all these blue green. Arizona blue is what I call it. It's green <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It can be too monotone. I it's agree. like beige, too much beige. Not good. Uh, not, not good. Yeah, an accent of like brown would be good. Right. So... Some of the ones, now the first ones I'm going to mention are ones that are going to go dormant in the wintertime, so they're not going to have leaves on them through the winter, but who cares, because most of the time you're stuck inside your house, not really looking outside. Eat more cookies, sip some tea. (laughs) So, Wygelia, the Wine and Roses Wygelia, is a very beautiful plant. It has a real burgundy leaf to it. Um, It's nice that it does bloom in the summertime, has a beautiful pink fuchsia flower on it. Crazy. Uh, but the leaves themselves are just very gorgeous, that burgundy color. So any of the nine barks or what's the other? Podocarpus. Uh, so there's Amber Jubilee, which is kind of a, uh, has like three different tones to yeah. it. Kind of a, a yellow, but also an orangey red kind of look to that's it. That's not their fall color. No, that's, that's their, their color. color. That's just beautiful yeah. against some of those other oh, blue yeah. colors. It's nine barks very are not pretty. landscaped into the into design very often. So no. it's beautiful. But plant. they work really well around yeah, here. Great I mean, big they should shrub. be used more often. Yeah, they do get some nice size to them. Um, there's also one called Tiny Wine. <laughs> does it get as big or is it the it flower does. is tiny one? The, fla- oh. the leaf is yeah. small. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it kind of, the leaf almost reminds me of a Japanese maple type leaf. Oh, yeah. That small pointy kind of leaf to it. But a real dark burgundy color. Actually very, very pretty. And then there's another one called darts, darts. Yellow darts. Yeah, it's got that golden color. Yeah, so that very yellow color. I think when you first saw it, you're like, what? Are these chlorotic? And I'm like, no, they're supposed to be that color. (laughs) I'm such a man sometimes. But so pretty when they're mixed in with a lot of other just green stuff out there. And, of course, your barberries, which... I don't know. How many varieties of barberry would you guess there 12? are? Twelve? I, mean, I don't know. A dozen at any given time, and we rotate yeah. through 30 or 40. Right. And then do, do different well. things. There's some that grow tall and thin. There's some that grow low and spread out. Um, I love the rose glow. I think that's probably my favorite. It has almost like a pinky, dark pink leaf to it. Very, very pretty. And the lava nugget, which stays short. Lava nugget. Yeah. But it's a really red color. Yeah, like so. lava red. <laughs> color there lava nugget go. i mean someone should be shot for that name well i think they get bored <laughs> like what are we gonna do uh and then purple smoke bush oh good ah beautiful purple leaves on there very attractive and then we can get into some of the evergreen ones so you the anything in the euonymus family most things in the euonymus family so silver king uh it's kind of a creamy and green color Gold euonymus, which is really pretty because there's a lot of yellow into it. Not I think it has yellow, more yellow than like, like yeah. solar yellow. It's oh, you really see it bright. from quite a ways away, yeah. and it's more yellow than green. So very pretty out there. Um, the moon shadow winter creeper, which is more of a low growing one, if you're looking for shorter. Emerald and gold winter creeper and emerald gaiety creeper. So oh, emerald is a is a key word in all those euonymus yes, families because they all have green, but they're variegated with oh, another yeah, color. Gotcha. Either you're taking know, that white, emerald color and then the splashing mm-hmm. or variegating another color into it. Right, yeah, fascinating. Very very pretty. Uh, gold spot. So gold spot's like the opposite of the golden. It's green with the yellow inside the green color yeah. but they're getting very attractive fast growing very bushy very thick thick one silverberry uh, which is the Eliagnus. great if you've got critters around in the yard deer javelina 
bunnies because they tend to leave that Eliagnus alone out there. And of course, you have your Nandinas. So your Gulfstream Nandinas, Sienna Sunrise. So those are really pretty when they leaf out. The colors are very reddish and orange, and then their fall colors are very red and orange. Heavenly Bamboo for the uh, West Coast folks there is you a go. common name. So mm-hmm. here we sizes. call it Nandina. Right. Uh, but Heavenly Bamboo is another name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's another really pretty one out there called Bright Star Spanish Dagger. Ooh. And this is uh, yellow, yellow and cream Spanish Dagger. So more of a it's not a yucca, but it has that look to yeah, it. It's like a yucca look. Absolutely. Very bright out there. You know, most of your, those types of plants are green. This gives you another option. Great choices for evergreens. You had a southwestern mix. Mm-hmm. You had a big uh, leafy, we call broadleaf yeah. evergreens, and then deciduous stuff. Bright colors, and then lose their leaves. Great choices, Lisa. And they can all be, you've got all those in right oh, now. Yeah. They can be planted in the fall and thrive mm-hmm. right on through. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Yavapai County is a place of families, healing, and giving back. And that's why service clubs like Rotary does so much good in our community, and you can get involved. Rotary is partnering with Prescott Schools, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, Bradshaw Mountain Interact Leadership Club, and more. Each helps students up their skills, graduate on time, and become stronger citizens. They're doing amazing work. On September 25th, Rotary is hosting a Grapes for Good garden party. Fine wines, fine food from El Gato Azul, and raising money to scholarship this year's kids in need. Join us. Our sponsors covered all the costs, so your donations go 100% for the good. The party is in the gardens here at Waters Garden Center, with tickets sold at Waters, Olson's Grain, Prescott True Value, and online at PrescottFrontierRotary.com. Join us on September 25th for the 16th annual Grapes for Good at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. And fall flowers. They've started to show up, the mums. You, you should know some things about mums, though. Before you go into the warehouse store or your, your big box or your, your grocery store florist, there are two grades. Actually, there's more than that, but how do I simplify? There's basically two types when it comes down to it of mums. There are garden mums and there are floral mums. Floral or florist grade mums, those are for, they're decorative. They're prettier. They're really, really, really nice. I mean, they're gorgeous. Smaller flowers, more bright colors, but they're not perennials. These are grown in greenhouses. And so they're not, uh, they won't transfer out into the garden for you. They're made to put on the Thanksgiving table. They're made to put in a windowsill. They're made to be out your front door with a pumpkin. And when you're done, throw them away. But... I know you are a gardener. That's why you tuned into a garden show for an hour. We're 45 minutes into this. You're still listening. That screams you're a gardener. Gardeners like perennials. Perennials are those plants that come back every year. You enjoy them this fall. When you get done, you put them in the ground. Uh, I take mine home and I don't even plant them yet. I, I They're in full bloom. I put them by the front door. I make little arrangements. I got scarecrows. I mean, next week we, we have a full-on party here for the staff and family and friends here at the garden center. We're just getting together to make scarecrows. We're having a scarecrow party. And so that's where your mums and your bales of straw and your, your asters and pansies, that's where they go. I cluster those together. When they finally get done blooming, or I'm tired of that display, or what really happens? Christmas is here, or Thanksgiving, or something. You know, thanks, we're through November. It's almost, uh, you know, December. I change those out, and that's when the Christmas things go up. Then I'll go plant those in the yard, and that mum, if you buy it from a garden center, that mum will come back for you and do the same thing next year. Of course, it will be in the ground. 
but it will also be four times the size. That's the beauty of perennials. There's several, several others that you'll find, and some of them are obscure. Now, let me just go over some, some really, some that you should look at and put on your radar, if, especially if you're new to northern or the high country of Arizona. One of my favorites is mums, of course. I also enjoy asters. Asters are the only ones. They kind of look like a mum. The flower's a little lacier, but you get true blues. I mean, the purples. Mums come in reds, oranges, and golds, but the asters come in blues, purples, and whites. They're spectacular, and they go together. They can take the same amount of sun. They bloom at the same time, and and mums are more popular. I don't know why mums have... Are, are the number one seller and asters like number four. But look for, if you see a bright blue flower that's in full bloom right now, treat it like a mum because that's it's going to be the same in the same flower bed. You can count on it to come back every year and bloom for you. In fact, asters are actually hardier than mums. They're both tough. But asters, there's actually native asters that grow out in the fields as wildflowers. There aren't any naturally occurring mums. Only asters are natives to Arizona. So you can just tell they're going to be more robust. So look look at those two. Another one that you may have not thought of would be hookera or coral bells. I like the common name better, coral bells. But really, you're planting coral bells not for the little tiny flower. Actually, coral bells have a rather insignificant flower. You're planting them for the foliage. They come in... Um, I mean, obsidian, I mean, just black, dark, dark purple colors. They come in chartreuse, bright yellow greens, copper colors, and regular old green as well. But here's the beauty about that particular perennial, hookera or coral bells. They're perennials that hold their foliage right through winter, especially a mild winter. It will have that foliage right through winter. And so it's a great plant to have in containers as an anchor plant. Let's say your your calendulas, your marigolds, your they're, they're just looking a little beat up and rough. Well, dig the replace them. You don't 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 take those petunias that just look ratty and eaten up. Rip them out. They'll be dead in a month anyway. Put some nice fresh pansies or hookera, coral bells in there, and it will keep that foliage year round it's beautiful you're planting those for the for the foliage not so much the flowers so kind of like a uh, sort of like a coleus i guess only coleus is a tropical plant it's made for midsummer in the shade hookera is made for the mountains of arizona because it's 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 got it's beautiful year round so many choices to look at anyway something no more obscure for a fall plant some others the pansies have come in and they're beautiful pansies and violas or Johnny Jump Ups, they have several names they go by and a whole lot of whole lot of variations now. If you've not if you planted those in other parts of the world, usually you plant those very early spring and you call it all good. By summer they're dead and you don't think about them. The best time to plant any kind of any kind of pansy or viola is now through fall. Now through about Thanksgiving is your peak time. Because they'll actually root out, they'll fill in, and they'll keep blooming right through winter, at least up to about the 6,000-foot level or so. Once you folks up in Groom Creek and Highland Pines and Williams and, you know, Pine Top Lakeside, okay, that's, that's way up there. Flagstaff, you guys, they, okay, they might, they might freeze back or get buried by snow, but as soon as the snow thaws, they pop up through the snow and they're looking happy. But the lower elevations... We should, at, at 3,500, let's say Cottonwood, Camp Verde, all the way up to, I'd say, Paulden, uh, Sedona, all the way up to Jerome, Kingman, uh, Prescott, the, these areas. This is the zone, this chaparral, Payson, this chaparral area, pansies just bloom right through winter. They're amazing. I've got some that are still blooming that I planted last fall. Now, that's the kind of flower you want to have out in the landscape and everything else will die back. But those guys, they, even in a, in a snowstorm, they still look cheery. The secret with them though, most folks, no, most newbies wait too long and they wait until their regular summer things die. Then they put their pansies in. And so then the soil is starting to cool down. That's about mid November. 
then it's almost too late because, yeah, they'll live, but they won't be full. They won't fill in the pot. You want to get them anything that looks stressed out at all, rip it out. Open up some, some containers or raised beds, some, some spots of color where you can get your pansies in and get them rooted, get them full before the cold hits. Because by, by Christmas, they're shut down. I mean, they just, they just, whatever you have there, it locks into place, and that's the size you're going to get. The flowers you have, that's almost all you're going to get. So you want to get them in early so they're, they're full and robust. So during a snowstorm in January, you can be in this inside, sipping your tea, baking cookies, looking at your pansies outside, blooming for the gardener within, and you just feel good about yourself and others. That's what gardening does. And so that's what you want to do. Get them in early. You know, they just came in. So I don't have any in myself. I, I wanted to. I just didn't have time. I just ran out of time. I had everything crashed. Everything broke this week. Have you ever had weeks like that where everything just breaks and you got to go fix it? And I'm not talking like the car broke. I'm talking like your website broke, your server broke, your email, the phone server even broke. I mean, good night. I couldn't even have phone calls. It's crazy. Everything broke. So I didn't get to garden the way I need to garden. I'm going to garden. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to decompress in the garden. I'm going to plant some pansies and snapdragons. <laughs> Am I talking to myself? You can stop listening when that happens. <laughs> uh, snapdragons. They're another one that they're amazing. Snapdragons you put in now, they bloom through about well, Thanksgiving or so. Then they take a little break. I'll, I'll deadhead the, the spent flowers. The green, the green will stay there. And then they'll come back, usually in February or March, and start blooming again. Amazing winter plants. Fall is when you want to plant those, though. There's a whole series of the garden center right now. I mean, we're starting to load up. You're seeing those. Just be careful. You're buying an outside variety not one that was grown in an inside environment like a greenhouse. You want these things so they're hardened off. You can plant them when they're done. You can enjoy them on the patio, but then when you're done, you can put them in the garden and have them come back for you next year so you get double duty. You're not just buying a flower arrangement to put with your pumpkins. You're buying garden accessories that will come back for years to come. That is a great mountain perennial flower for Arizona. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Ken with the showy grass of the week and our forester, Feathergrass. The slightest monsoon breeze can cause this showy grass to gracefully sway in the landscape. High fashion, stylish, wow, have all described this hip-high grass. No wonder it's been voted perennial of the year. And for the florist, the feathery plumes make great cut flowers and all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love showy feather grass, they love to shop. We believe your dad would be proud of your gardens at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken, with the Plants of the Week and our Fire Alarm Red Mums. With a name like Fire Alarm, you'd expect large red blooms that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out. Just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last. But wait, there's more. This fire alarm mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just $3.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love red mums, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And you are starting to see some of the fall color. If you're really in tune with your garden, you're seeing a little bit of color on your Virginia creepers, a few leaves on your burning bush. Some of your autumn blaze maples, if they're stressed out at all, and the shorter days, it's been really cloudy. And so the, the length of day, the day parts start that trigger. So it starts to see a little bit of color. So fall is around the corner. Now by the end of the month, you'll start to see you know, some fall. So the mums, my mums are in full color. Uh, another start is pampas grass. This is a real tall grass. As tall as you and I with great big white plumes. They should be in full in all their glory. If they're a little wimpy or thin... 
That just means you didn't quite fertilize enough. These are very heavy feeders, that ginormous plume on there. But that's all, those are all indications we're in this autumn. Really, it's a beautiful decorating season. It's when you start to really, it's, it's a fun time to garden. Yeah, things are starting to fade. I had to pull one of my tomatoes out. It was starting to get leaf curl. It just didn't look good. It wasn't producing. I said, okay, that's it. You're out of here. So I just, I'm starting to free up some of my garden space so I can put mums, so I can put pansies, so I can put some kale and cabbage and lettuce and broccoli and cauliflower and beets and all these other. So as those summer things stop producing or stop blooming, I'm replacing them. And we go over a lot of this and show off the new autumn crop. So lots of new plants are coming into the garden center because we're coming into this third planting season. We've got spring, that's the most popular. I call it the summer season or monsoon season. Monsoon is a probably the best time to plant. And then autumn, autumn is, a, autumn is for planting, fall is for planting. You're seeing this message show up and it is a very good time uh, to plant certain crops because you only find mums at the garden center, chrysanthemums, in the fall. You only find really uh, grasses are best planted in the fall. Big trees, big evergreens are starting to show up. So we're, we're seeing this, this rotation of summer things are out. So crepe myrtles, butterfly bush, I'm starting to sell down. I got plenty left now, but as they sell down, they'll be replaced with winter evergreens or fall colored plants. And so we have garden classes every Saturday at 930. They're free. They last about an hour. And we just want to make sure that you're invited. So 9.30 on, on Saturdays here at Waters Garden Center. And the upcoming class, I'm going to teach this one myself, climbers and ground covers. So we've had a lot of rain. And so well, how do we retain? What are the ground covers you can retain that soil with? What can climb up a hillside, a rock face in between boulders, up a fence? We go over all of those things and, and companions that go with them. Next week, it's privacy screens. Uh, is that right? What's the 17th? I'm looking at the, oh no, it's easy to grow mountain plants. What are the the easiest to grow of all the plants? That's next weekend that you can plant now in the fall. And then the 24th, privacy screens and the secret garden. Then we go into fall colored plants and on October, the fall to-do list. It goes on, take a look at watersgardencenter.com. They're all right there. They're easy to find. They're on all the community calendars. We want them to be easy for you to get to. But one thing I really wanted to invite you to is grapes for good. So uh, we give our garden center out, Lisa and I, Waters Garden Center, once a quarter to a major nonprofit. And they host a party. It's a garden party. It's usually pretty grand. It's a big property, lots of parking. And so we'll have folks show up and raise money for the community. And so this one, this one is Rotary, Prescott Frontier Rotary. I gave it to them. I'm one of their their members, and they host this garden party, and the money goes back to the local schools, uh, summer reading programs, high school leadership programs, high school graduate path to graduations. There's a lot of things this money goes to, but it's September 25th. It's a hoot. It's after hours from five to eight. Uh, tickets are $60 a person. All the money, so the sponsors, uh, they have they've covered all the expenses. So all your money goes right into these programs, right back to the kids. It's well worth it. And it's just great food, great, great food from Elgato Azul, great wines paired with that. It's just fun. Please join us September 25th. Consider this a personal invitation from Lisa and I out to you. Bring friends. It's even more fun. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. We believe bees are in danger. We can save them at Waters Garden Center. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive, but so do my weeds. 
stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, it's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.